Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. In a year like no other. A season of ups and downs ends with a down. You know, we had a few opportunities, and um, we just didn't get it done, and it's crushing. I knew I'd, I'd be a head coach again, and in my opinion, it's one of the one of the best organizations in the CFL. Yeah, 2021 season, and which we believe will be the biggest comeback season in the history of Canadian football. When the gridiron lays empty, and a lost season creates chaos, where do you even begin? This is the Double E Coaches Show with Morley Scott and Coach Scott Milanovich. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winterize. At Jiffy Lube on the voice of Double E Football. 630 Chad. Hey, good evening football fans and welcome to another edition of the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovich. We'll bring Scott in in a moment. Hope your weekend was good. Although today is not a good day for sure. Uh, a real nice uh, last hour, hour and a half on uh, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. With a, what a great tribute uh, to Joey Moss, who we lost today at the age of 57. The longtime locker room attendant for uh, both the Edmonton Football Club and the Edmonton Oilers brought so much happiness and so much joy to so many over the years. And it is truly a sad day today in the Edmonton sports world. Uh, I just want to, before we bring Scott in, just want to give a, a, a read you a couple of tweets that that are out there from some some uh, players who uh, used to play here in Edmonton. Uh, Matt Nichols, of course, spent uh, some time in Edmonton. Hasn't been here since 2015, but he took it hard today. I was lucky to get five years around Joey Moss in Edmonton. He made me a better person every day. Rough day for the CFL, losing two legends. Of course, also referring to David Braley there. Uh, that's Matt Nichols, quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, how about J.C. Sherritt, uh, who was uh, a pretty big star in Edmonton himself for several years as a middle linebacker for the double E. Truly lucky to have called Joey a friend. Larger than life, the figure who made everyone he met have a happier and a better day win or lose joey was always there for you what a phenomenal run cheers joey uh i would also like to extend my condolences to to the joey moss family uh to all his friends and, and as i mentioned a little while ago talking to reed especially the training staff for both the, uh the football team and the hockey team who spent so many years around joey working with him day in and day out it's got to be a tough day for them tough day for everybody who knew joey moss who passed away today at the age of 57 uh we bring in now the head coach of the double e scott milanovich joins us uh scott i don't know if you uh as a visiting coach when you came to Edmonton or not, if, if, if you had much contact with Joey Moss, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you heard about his legend in and around the CFL. Yeah, I never um, had the pleasure to meet him. Um, I was just reading about him here just a little a little while ago before I got on with you. It's uh, you know, It seems to have touched a lot of people, and um, I, I never did have the pleasure, though, no. Yeah, uh, uh, a tough day for sure. Um, a, a guy who's been around Edmonton locker rooms with the football team and the hockey team for many, many years, and it is a, it is a tough loss. And uh, thank you for your comments on it. Um, let's get to, let's get to some football talk now as we try to move forward here. Um, we're going to talk about quarterbacks uh, tonight. It's the position that that you know most, and and that you of course have been and have worked with as a coach uh, over the years. First off, uh, through your your 
your minor football, your high school football, and everything. Were you always a quarterback? Um, I always wanted to be a quarterback. I, I went out for um, <laughs> a Pop Warner team when I was like nine against my father's recommendations. And I was the biggest kid, and uh, they made the biggest kid a tackle. And and I hated just about every minute of it, but he wouldn't let me quit. He said, you have to continue. You have to finish out the season. So I finished out the season, and then uh, I didn't play for a couple more years until I got into the junior high school team. And from then on, I was a quarterback. Uh, and and how did you do when you when you became a quarterback? How were the how were the first few practices, first few games? Uh, my first year, my ninth grade year, I split time with another guy. Um, I think we did like first and third quarter, and then he played the second and fourth, and um, that only lasted for about a game or two. And he he was also my receiver, and so we kind of had a little thing going there, and and I was hitting him for some deep balls and. It lasted for about two games, and from then on, I was pretty much starting. All right, and and since then, uh, you've made uh, you've made quarterbacks your business, whether it being uh, playing quarterback or whether it be uh, coaching quarterbacks or as a head coach uh, as well. I was looking over the list of QBs you've spent time with. That uh, it's a it's a pretty illustrious list, and we're going to touch on some of those guys uh, a little bit later on. But first, I want to kind of focus on on the quarterbacks that the Double E have. Uh, uh, I know you've you've told uh, a couple of stories already since we got the coaches show back up and running uh, about Trevor Harris, but uh, just. Just a little bit on Trevor, and and you have seen his rise to prominence in the CFL because you were his coach the first year in the Canadian Football League when he came to the Toronto Argonauts, and and you're going to be his coach in his next season, which uh, which is kind of where he's kind of hit the pinnacle of of his career right now, and 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 is one of the best quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. Talk about his rise from where he was when you first started coaching him to where he is now. Yeah, the first year we had Trevor, obviously Ricky Ray was the starter, and um, we had Trevor and um, Zach Kalarius and um, um, an older uh, veteran quarterback, and we both we knew Trevor and Zach were both going to sit for the year. Um, the older guy was Jarius Jackson, who was going to be the backup, and we knew Trevor and Zach were going to sit for a year, so... Um, they just kind of, both of them just kind of sat back and, and learned. And um, Trevor was always really a, a student of the game. I remember one of the first preseason games he got into, he was wanting to know what we were running. Hey, what are you thinking here? How about this? <laughs> I was like, Trevor, just, just relax. I'll give you the play, and then we'll go from there. But that, that's his beauty. He's, he, he loves the mental aspect. And, and he reminds me, honestly, a, a lot of myself at that age, like, some quarterbacks don't want to – Nick Foles, for instance, I'm watching him on, on tape right now. He doesn't want to get into that part of the game. He wants to keep it simple. He wants to run what he knows, and he just wants to react, whereas Trevor wants to know everything about the play, everything about the defense, everything about the defensive coordinator, a lot like uh, Peyton Manning would because he feels like it might give him an edge that it can take him over the top. And that's one of the first things that I noticed about him, but um, – He's just, I mean, he's very accurate. People don't think of him as a, a mobile quarterback, but he's hes a little bit like Breeze in the pocket where he's so slippery. He can get out of there. He can buy a second. He can move around. He's, his footwork is really good and just, just really accurate, really calm. We had a couple games that first year he started for me where we were in Regina and packed house, and, and he took us down last second touchdown. Um, he just... Um, 
just a lot of poise, a lot of confidence the guys have in them. You mentioned the different styles, guys who are who are coming to the coach and suggesting things, and guys, as you say, like Nick Foles, who basically just wants to be told what what to do, what play to run, and go from there. Where's where's the perfect mix for you as a coach? What do you like to have in your quarterback when when he talks to you and and and, and suggests things to you? Do, do you like that? Do you, do you like a guy who 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 sits back and just kind of does what he's told, or do you like a guy who kind of challenges things a little bit? Uh, I've changed a lot, you know. I, I've made. The quarterback position, studying the quarterback position, mastering that, it's been, you know, three quarters of my life. And I've played it and I've coached it. And um, you, you, the more and the longer that you're involved in it, you know, you hear these guys, they'll have to be 6'4", and they'll have to have super strong arms, and they have to be vocal type A leaders. And my first experience with a great one was with Anthony Calvillo. And Anthony was really pretty quiet he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna rip his players and you know he was six foot and kind of lean and but he was the best intermediate passer i've ever seen and that's nfl included and ricky ray a little bit similar as far as temperament wasn't gonna jump in guys' faces you know he was he had the size but he didn't have an elite arm but ricky had the ability and the accuracy and he is the best deep ball thrower you've ever been around. So, um, you know, Gardner Minshew is intangible-wise, leadership-wise, the best I've ever been around. I mean, when we interviewed him at the Combine, he just he just jumped out, out of the room. Like, this guy is everything you're looking for from an intangible standpoint. Um, but he's 6'1". And, you know, so... Um, I guess what I've learned is that they come in all, in all shapes and sizes. You know, I've spent some time with Peyton Manning, and that's probably ideally what I would want, that kind of mental aspect like, like Trevor has. Um, but I've learned that you can't, uh, you can't kind of pigeonhole these guys. You just have to figure out what they're good at, and you have to build it around what they're good at and who they are. All right, let's let's move along on on the double E roster. Uh, a small sample size out there for uh, for Antonio Pipkin, but what do you know about him? And and again, we talk when we talk about players on this show. We, there's a big asterisk beside it because we don't know the contract situation going forward after the uh, for 2021 after this season, of course, got canceled. So we're we're just going on the what ifs. But but tell me what you know about uh, Antonio Pipkin. Yeah, I've watched some film on Antonio. Um, Good athlete, strong arm, um, can make people miss, can extend plays. Um, And once again, I I try hard not to analyze these guys too much before I see them in in our system because it's going to be very different from what he used to be doing. But um, I need to find out if Antonio can sit in the pocket and deliver the ball accurately. And um, we'll see what happens there, but he's got all the physical tools that you need. <clears throat> I don't know him much. I've talked to him a couple times, but I don't know him much as a person or a leader. A guy you do know is Logan Kilgore, who you also had in your days in Toronto. Tell me about him. Yeah, Logan throws a beautiful ball. Um, I thought he played well last year uh, when he had the opportunity. Uh, he started a few games for me my last year before uh, I left to go to Jacksonville and Played good in a couple games and not so good in a couple others, really. And I told him this when I left. I really felt like I did him a disservice. I thought he was ready. And, you know, he, he, like Trevor and Zach, all those guys had over a year in the system to just sit back and learn. Well, Logan never got that. And um, 
probably rushed him in there um, a little bit before before he needed to be. And then he had a couple of tough games. In fact, I think against Edmonton he threw three or four picks and uh, lost a little confidence. And um, but he has all the tools. He's mentally sharp. Um, Another guy that likes to coach, likes the mental aspect of the game, good size, good, good arm strength, and accurate thrower. And basically got the Eskimos to the playoffs last year when he had to play a few games when when Trevor was injured. One thing we learned about uh, Logan Kilgore last year is gutsy. I mean, he took that hit and just about bit his tongue off in the game last year, but stayed in there and got the win of, in, a, in a crucial game for the double E. Yeah, he's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. He'll hang in the pocket and deliver the ball and um, – his first game, I think, that he started for me was against uh, Ottawa, and he, he played great. I think he threw for almost 300 yards and then just kind of hit a little bit of a lull after that. But um, that was uh, that was quite a few years ago. He's, he's ready to play now. Uh, there's another guy on the roster by the name of Jeremiah Briscoe who uh, we saw a little bit of during the season last year. Uh, played, <clears throat> obviously, college football, was a great baseball player by all reports. Uh, do, you, do you know him? Do you remember him from his college days, or, or what do you know about Jeremiah Briscoe? Yeah, I've seen some film on him. Uh, I've spoken to him. Pocket passer, drop back, pocket passer, going to stand in there, deliver the ball. Um, just needs more work you know he just doesn't have the experience at the at the professional level and um and that's that's okay that's a good thing he got a chance to sit back and watch like like all those others which i I think is the best way to go is to get a chance to sit back and and learn from somebody like trevor that really knows how to do it and then when you do get your opportunity you're ready so um i would expect uh, i would expect him to be a lot more ready to play now than he was a year ago you used the phrase in talking about quarterbacks tonight a couple of times, stands in the pocket and, and delivers. Is that To me, that's got to be one of the toughest things in pro sports to do is to stand in the pocket, keep doing checking down your receivers and finding the open guy and making your decision all well. You've got 260-pound uh, linemen and linebackers coming at you with, uh, with your O-line trying to protect you. There's so much noise around you as you're in the pocket trying to make a decision. To me, that is just a, an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah, I think it's something more that you're, you're kind of born with. I don't think that's something that can be taught. Um, we have things in our progressions where uh, I think it helps you know when it's time to get out. So we'll talk, and Trevor will take a five-step drop from the shotgun, and he'll have a hitch, and then he'll have another hitch up. And if he hasn't had anybody open by that time, now it's time to get out. But the guys that are that are really good are when they know it's bearing down on them and uh, they know they're probably going to get hit, and they can still keep their eyes focused down the field. And they see the defenders and not the ones that are hitting them, the secondary guys and their receivers and, and – um, you know, everybody wants a mobile guy, and I do too, because it can extend plays, and you know they'll run for a couple of second downs to keep drives moving. But before the end of the day, before the season's over, you're going to need a guy that can stand in the pocket and deliver the football and distribute the ball to your playmakers. So, um, first and foremost, that's what I'm hunting. Who's the best you've seen at that, or who's the best you've coached at that in your CFL career? Oh. Uh, Ricky took more hits than anybody else, without question. Um, mm-hmm. Ricky would stand in there the last minute and just take one in the jaw. He was funny. We always used to make fun of him when we were in, when I was coaching in Montreal because he would get up. And those of you that know Ricky from his Edmonton days, he'd take one right in the teeth and he'd get up and he'd just kind of he'd pull on his jersey a little bit like he was straightening it. And uh, he um, 
he was as tough as anybody. AC had an amazing ability to throw the ball and like spin out of the way so that he didn't take the hit. Um, never seen anybody like that. Trevor didn't take a lot of hits, um, but he'll certainly stand in there and and, and stare down the barrel. But um, Ricky's probably the guy that took the biggest hits and just hung in there. It's, it's funny you talked about him uh, picking at his jersey like that. Uh, I had a conversation with Chris Jones when he was the head coach of the of the double E, and he said the exact same thing. He said he hates that. He said, we'll give him a big pop. He'll throw the ball. He'll just get up like nothing happened and then just pick at his jersey a little bit, and it's first down 30 yards downfield. Yeah, that's Ricky. Everybody knows it. Uh, coach Trestman used to call him uh, the magician, and uh, they'd be like, the guy's not very fast. He's not very mobile. He doesn't have that much quickness, but for some reason we can't get him down. It's um, yeah, he was um, he was a really good player. Yeah, he certainly was. All right, uh, we're talking with Scott Milanovic. This is uh, the Double E Coaches Show on uh, six thirty. Chad, my name is Morley Scott. We'll take a break and be back with more for Jiffy Loop on the Voice of Double E Football. Six thirty, Chad. Now back to Morley Scott and Coach Scott Milanovic. You're listening to the Double E Coaches Show, brought to you by Jiffy Loop. Be wise, winterize at Jiffy Loop on the Voice of Double E Football. Six thirty, Chad. Hey, just a reminder, the Double E Football Team's 2020 locker room sale because of the pandemic this year has gone virtual. So it's all online. Still some great deals, still some great merchandise to take a look at. So why don't you head to shop.esks.com. All sorts of game-worn merchandise plus all sorts of uh, merchandise up for sale as well. Great deals as always. Uh, free curbside pickup or $5 shipping across the country. The uh, Double E Football Team's 2020 locker room sale is has gone virtual for this year. Head to shop.esks.com for all the details. So we'll uh, bring back in Double uh, E head coach Scott Milanovic uh, to join us again. Uh, NFL Monday Night Football tonight. The Rams lead the Bears by a score of 10 to 3. That is in the third quarter. I haven't got the game up here in the office. You're watching. I'm assuming Scott, where you are, is still 10 3. Still 10 3. Yep. Still 10-3. All right. Uh, a guy uh, you know pretty well is uh, quarterbacking the Chicago Bears these days. Uh, they're off to a 5-1 and one start, although trailing tonight. Uh, Nick Foles, I'm, uh, of course, referring to. We're talking about quarterbacks. Uh, tell me about him. He's a guy, of course, uh, at the at the end of it all, he's going to live on the Philly special, right, to, to win the Super Bowl. But tell me about him as a quarterback who he seems he was great in Philadelphia, but he's kind of struggled a little bit uh, until this year, I guess, moving around uh, looking for another home. Yeah, he's had some really great years. Nick is um he's huge, first of all. I mean he's about six six, about two fifty five, two sixty, and um another guy that's highly intelligent, um really accurate, has a has a really powerful deep arm, can really can really uh, throw the deep ball well. He's uh he was a different one for me to coach just because he was um He's very self-aware, so he knows what he's good at, and he he thinks of himself. He used to play basketball, and he thinks of himself like that, like a, like a point guard. And um, he wants his big thing is read and react. That's what he says all the time. I just want to read and react. So he wants to be so familiar with the plays that he's running that he feels like no matter what happens, if things break down in the pocket, um, he can find a way to make a play because he's so familiar with them, and he just. Uh, he doesn't want to overthink things, which uh, a lot of quarterbacks do like to, like we talked about earlier. He's different that way. He's a really good guy, fun to coach. He lived in my neighborhood here for a while um, when he was with Jacksonville. All right. you uh, When you 
play, I was looking back uh, when you were playing in Tampa Bay. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback there. Obviously, uh, a smart quarterback because we've seen that. In, he's gone on to be a TV analyst and is now a, I believe he's a high school coach and, and has a has a quarterback school. Tell me about him. What do you remember about him as a quarterback? He seems like a, uh, obviously I think he won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, right? So obviously he's a, he's a talented guy, but he seems a, like real cerebral. Yeah, Trent was was very very smart. I learned a lot of football from him. We were um, we were roommates when we went on the ring. Um, another big guy, really athletic. Surprisingly, like he could really move, really powerful arm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because there's guys, and this is how you can tell if people are special. I think is sometimes when games start and the lights turn on the game seems to slow down for people. I think it's that way for Trevor. I think it's that way for AC. I think it's that way for Ricky, all the good ones. Um, With Trent, I I didn't feel that way. I felt like he wasn't as good in games as he was in practice for whatever reason. And um, it's too much going on maybe. But um, highly intelligent guy, really knows football. I loved him as a commentator. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, me too. He's uh, very good. Explained the game so well from the quarterback position. Uh, do you like a quarterback? If you had to lean one way or the other, do you lean towards smarts or athleticism in your quarterback? Uh, accuracy would be first, <laughs> and then probably smarts. Yeah, but accuracy's got to be first, and then probably smarts. And that you can't play quarterback if you're not intelligent. You just can't. Or not in our system anyway, because it's just there's too much into it. I ask too much from the quarterback, so. Um, athletic ability, you want it for sure, but to me, that's going to come after the accuracy. Excuse me, and the um, and the intelligence. All right, Scott, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, it's fun to talk quarterbacks with you. Have yourself a good week. All right, you too, Morning. Thanks. Scott Milanovic, the head coach of the Double E. Uh, he had one year in Toronto. He had uh, Ricky Ray, Kolaris, Harris and Fajardo, all starting quarterbacks uh, in the Canadian Football League uh, right now. So, uh, man, the man knows quarterbacks. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, That's it for tonight, guys. Appreciate you hanging out. Uh, A sad day for Edmonton sports fans with the passing of uh, Joey Moss. And once again, we send our condolences out to to Joey's family and friends and loved ones because it's a sad loss indeed for uh, all of Edmonton today with the passing of Joey Moss. My name is Morley Scott. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on 630 Chad Mornings with Chelsea and Shea. Good night, everybody. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.